Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. We are here in Jupiter, Florida. The Cardinals are in Port St. Lucie today, taking on the Mets. We'll have that for you at the top of the hour at noon with a 12-10 first pitch. John Rooney, Ricky Horton, Mike Claiborne, Jim Jackson have done a terrific job down here as the radio broadcast team, and they will have the broadcast for you today. Claibs will be with me tomorrow in the booth here in Jupiter as we will take on uh, the broadcast on the stream, the Cardinals.com stream. We've gotten a lot of great feedback out of uh, that broadcast being available to a lot of people on the MLB at bat app, Cardinals.com. I don't think anyone's really had a trouble finding that. Uh, just go to Cardinals.com or to the MLB app. Uh, you can absolutely find that. I think it's uh, pretty widely available now, and it's really where a lot of broadcasts are going here. People are consuming us right now on stream. You, know, you can tell your Alexa or your smart speaker to play KMOX, and it'll just start playing us. That's how actually I consume KMOX that way a lot now in my car radio. And I'm still old school. I like listening on 1120, but we're on FM. We're on 98.7 FM if you're in the central corridor, especially throughout the St. Louis area. But those broadcasts on the stream, I think, have been fun. So Claves and I will have those three in a row. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We got the Marlins here Monday. We got the Nationals here Tuesday. Got the Marlins as a road game again on Wednesday, uh, and then the Yankees will be here in Jupiter on Thursday. That game will be on the radio. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, we go on radio again with Washington on the road, Mets on the road. Sunday at Houston, uh, at West Palm Beach, Florida, and then. The Cardinals, this one won't be on the radio, but you'll be able to follow it on the app as the Cardinals go to Sarasota to play the Orioles, and then that's it. Uh, the Cardinals will be out of here on Monday the 27th back to St. Louis as they get ready for their game against the Blue Jays on the 30th. So we're down to about a week left of games as spring training starts to wrap up and things get real. John Mosellock will be with us at 1130 to discuss some of the roster decisions that they are breaking down. Lutz Fannensteel is just moments away. The sporting director for St. Louis City SC joins us every Sunday morning at 1115. Can't wait to talk to him about what took place last night at City Park. History made. City wins another one. They're 4-0. First expansion team to ever do that they're also the only team in mls to be 4-0 we'll talk to lutz about all of that the ncaa tournament is about to start back up they will have games today galore 
So you'll start here in just a few moments with Pitt and Xavier. Oh, man, that is a nasty city rivalry there. You've got Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Two fan bases, Pittsburgh and Xavier, very good basketball fan bases. Should be a really good one. I think Xavier's going to win the game, but who knows? It's on CBS in Greensboro, North Carolina. The second game of the day today is Kentucky and Kansas State. I think that's anybody's game. Now, interestingly, Vegas has Kentucky as the favorite today by two and a half. That line has moved. It opened at one and a half. It got as high as three, and it's back to two and a half. Kentucky, the favorite to beat the higher seed, Kansas State. Kentucky's a six. K-State's a three. I don't know about all that. I've got K-State winning that game. K-State, I don't trust Kentucky. I think they're good. Uh, As we talked to Matt Zimmerman last hour, they're not as good as the past Kentucky teams, but they are capable, and Oscar Shibway inside is somebody you have to account for. I don't know. I think K-State's the more complete team, and quite honestly, I think the Big 12 was a better conference this year. But it's been good success so far for the SEC. I mean, Tennessee beat Duke, beat them good, too, by 13. Alabama is the best team in the country. They were able to roll past... Uh, Their opponent yesterday, Maryland, I mean, they stomped them by 22 points. Auburn had a good look yesterday for a while, and then Houston's just the better team, and they beat them 81-64. When I mentioned Arkansas, I mean, the SEC, that's a signature win for the SEC, beating the number one seed, Kansas, 72-71, so the defending national champs are out. Tennessee, Arkansas, victorious yesterday along with Alabama. So who knows? Maybe this is the day for Kentucky. But I've got K-State winning this game. The next game of the day following that will be at 4-15. It'll be Michigan State and Marquette. I have Marquette going all the way. I think Marquette is going to win the national championship. They're 29-6. and And so far, this is looking good for me coming out of that region because the number one seed, Purdue, is out, as you know by now. Fairleigh Dickinson beat them. Duke was probably the hottest team in the East going in. They're out. So Tennessee or either FDU or FAU are going to advance to the Elite Eight. I like Marquette over everybody. Kentucky, K-State, Michigan State today. Now Vegas has that game, the Marquette Michigan State game, pretty tight. Marquette, a three-point favorite. I don't know. I think Marquette is really good. I mean, maybe I'm missing something, but uh, Marquette, to me, is really good. Uh, They don't really have a hole. I mean, they're good in the post, outstanding guard play, very good team defense under Coach Shaka Smart. I picked them to win the national championship, so, of course, I think they're good. Uh, At 5'10", St. Mary's in Connecticut. We talked about that with Matt Zimmerman last hour. Uh, I I think that game could go either way, although UConn, to me, is the better team and have been one of the best teams in the country all year, and I think underseeded at four. But St. Mary's is just a thorn in the side. I mean, Randy Bennett always has his team playing well this time of year. They're 27-7 and for a reason. Very good defensive team. Should be a fascinating matchup there. 6-10, Creighton and Baylor. This is a pick em, according to Vegas. I don't disagree. I think Creighton is really good. And I think we'll win that game today. The 645 game is FDU and Florida Atlantic. What a fun win for the 16 seed FDU. And now, come on, 
I mean, Vegas has Florida Atlantic as a 15-and-a-half-point favorite today against FDU. Did they watch the Purdue game? Man, really? I like FDU and the points there. Don't you? I don't know. I mean, FAU, Florida Atlantic was good this year, but really. I mean, FDU, if they play anywhere close to what they did against Purdue – and they've had a day to rest. I mean, I got to think they can get out and play today. Who knows? And then you have TCU Gonzaga, a couple of heavyweights in the nightcap today at 840. I've got uh, Gonzaga going to the national championship game and playing Marquette and losing. And I'm liking that pick also because the number one seed in that region, the West, Kansas, is out. UCLA is awfully good, but they've had to deal with some injuries, and Gonzaga would get a rematch with them. they got to get past TCU first. Uh, it'll be very interesting once they get to Vegas, but if Gonzaga gets to Vegas, look out. I think they could get to the Final Four. And then my alma mater, they tip off at 740. It's Indiana-Miami. I just, you know, I love this time of year. And I dread the wait time until I have to see my beloved Hoosiers play against Miami. It's going to be a heck of a game. I did not like having to deal with Drake, so I'm a little bit relieved that I don't have to watch them play the Missouri Valley Conference champion. I think really for Indiana, it comes down to great guard play tonight. You know what you're going to get in Trace Jackson Davis. He is the best player still remaining in this tournament and probably was the best player in the country. I know Zach Eady is likely to win that National Player of the Year, but the Player of the Year was Trace Jackson Davis. He's doing things statistically that no one else is doing. He is the first player in tournament history to have 20-plus points, five assists, and five blocks in the same game since they started keeping those block stats in 1986. That is incredible. And he had 11 rebounds in the game. Uh, I know what he's going to do. It's going to come down to the Indiana guards being better than Miami's guards. And that is, uh, if any Indiana fan knows, that is a big question mark, is if the guards will show up or not. If they do, Indiana wins and they move on to play Houston. If not, well, then I'm crushed and my season comes to an end. That's college basketball for you today. It'll be fun, no doubt about it. When we come back, we talk soccer. Lutz, Fan, and Steel, St. Louis City SC does it again. They make history, and they are making waves in Major League Soccer. It's next. Sports on a Sunday morning coming to you from the Cardinals Spring Training Home, Jupiter, Florida, back after this. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings, and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. I just think it's indicative of, of why this team is successful. It's a selfless group willing to work for each other. And, and it's on over. the short tap on the corner, it's done. For the first time ever, an MLS expansion franchise has started 4-0-0. Not only that, they are the only team in Major League Soccer at 4-0. St. Louis City SC makes history with a 3-0 win over San Jose last night at City Park in downtown St. Louis. Tom Ackerman coming to you from Jupiter, Florida, the home of the St. Louis Cardinals in spring training. Let's link up with the sporting director of City, Lutz Fan and Steel, joining us again on this Sunday morning. Good morning, Lutz. Good morning. 
How's everything with you? Feeling good? 4-0. and What a performance yesterday by your team once again. Yeah, it's very sunny this morning. Also a little bit sunny in my in my head, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think uh, the record is one thing. I mean, obviously, that's, that, that's great. Uh, we made history, and uh, that's something which will be in the record books, hopefully for a very long time. But... Uh, I do look at this game a little bit different uh, because yesterday I thought when it came to our principles, when it came to our playing style, that would, uh, yeah, you and me were talking now for, for already for a long, long time. I think you saw that yesterday really executed very, very well. So we played yesterday for 95 minutes exactly the style we wanted to play. Uh, we made it really difficult uh, for San Jose to, to play their game. And at the end of the day, you know, we got a really, really highly deserved win yesterday. Here's how you started the game yesterday in terms of scoring 34th minutes. It's from the right flank that City's putting this together. Great combo through the middle. Klaus and now Leuven. Loose into the San Jose end. He will bump it off to Nelson. Left foot cross. What's Jalkini? Bouncy ball loose. Inside. It's flicked. Oh. It's in. Oh, baby. City what a goal there, and another one, another big moment for Giacchini as he finds the back of the net in the 34th minute to open the scoring for City. How did you see this one, Lutz? Yeah, you know, it took us around 10 minutes to get into the game. Then I, uh, we were pretty dominant. We created chances, and I think it was a good moment, like just after the half-an-hour mark to, to actually – Scored that uh, that goal to give us a, a little bit of uh, yeah even more confidence with the ball. Yeah, I was very happy for Joao Kini to actually have his first goal under the belt this season because uh, also the first game when he played uh, against Charlotte, he did really really well. Um, and yeah, um, you know, it's our attack is not just Klaus. Uh, we have a few guys who can score. We spread our goals around through the whole squad. And that is a very important quality if you want to keep on winning games. It was actually Giacchini who had the game-winning assist in the opening game against uh, Austin to Klaus. And as you mentioned, he gets that goal finally in this one. And then late in the first half, this happened. Giacchini, oh, nice little bump pass to Klaus. Out of the middle, Jao Klaus looking to go toward the box. Bursting through. Klaus still with the oh! five-foot. Oh, baby! <laughs> Klaus scores for the third time in four games this season. He leads the team in scoring. He has a goal contribution in all four of City's games this season. What a goal. What a moment. You're 2 nothing at the break, Lutz. Yeah, perfect moment just before halftime. You know, and Klaus uh, worked hard already before that goal. Um, he's so difficult to defend. Uh, like, uh, you can sometimes see it in the faces of the defenders. They hate to play against him. And he muscled his way through. You know, it was kind of an unassisted goal. He got the ball just off the halfway line and took on a few players. Um, sometimes you have to force your way through. That's what he did. And then also the finish. You somehow had the feeling that he wanted it more than the four or five San Jose players around him. And that was, for us, a really important moment because scoring that goal just before halftime, 
uh, it gives our momentum a huge push, and for the opposition team, they somehow going really, really worried into the locker rooms, and that's exactly what happened. So they came out in the second half, San Jose, trying to figure out a way to score. Unfortunately for them, they have to do it with Roman Berkey as the goalkeeper, the captain coming through. And in by Nelson, and City gets a turnover, but Espinosa yanks it right back into the box. Centralization! Oh, Roman Berkey! A huge save! Second chance! Way out of play! And that's why we love him here in St. Louis. The call from Joey Zanaboni, Dale Schilly alongside on Y98 FM. Roman Berkey eventually loots, goes on to his first and the club's first MLS shutout. What a performance by Berkey. Yeah, that 61st minute was, uh, you know, a very decisive moment because 2-0 up and we're doing really well. But then we make that one mistake uh, and Espinosa goes through the our players, he, he puts it back into the box, and then uh, yeah, it was a great save. It was an important save. It was a big save, uh, which actually uh, didn't open the game back up. It would have been 2-1, completely different ball game. He made that big save, um, and yeah, I think, you know, this is, uh, it was also a little bit of a save, I would say, of an experienced goalkeeper, because that is the moment when sometimes a goalkeeper gambles on a shot like that, very close in the box. He stood, he focused on the ball, he made the big save. The rebound went into the row number 36, and uh, we had a lucky escape. Oh, what a moment. It's 2 nothing, and then just seven minutes later, this. Gathered by Espinosa. Great defending. City getting it away. Lumen, oh. his shot runs into Mensa. Second chance by Vasilev stopped as well. Postrock gathers loose. Get in there! And that sets him off at City Park. Tomas Ostrock in the 68th minute. He had a left-footed shot from outside the box to the bottom left corner. Lutz, you're up 3-0, and the party is on in St. Louis. There's still work to do, but, boy, those fans are having fun at that point. Yeah, you know, Ostrock came on uh, in the early in the second half, and he's such a gifted player. Uh, I think it was very important for his confidence to get that goal. Yet shortly after, another big chance uh, where the goalkeeper had a brilliant save, but that goal was very important. Number one, we put the lid on the top. I mean, that was out of the reach for San Jose and, of course, for Ostrak personally, which will play a big role in the, in the future of the club. Uh, it was an important goal, his first goal of the season. Uh, very, very well done by Thomas. What a win. 3 nothing. We mentioned all the history-making. The expansion team, first to go 4-0, first team in MLS to be 4-0, first shutout, first this, first that. I mean, it's it's really fun. But at some point, you know, we know you're an expansion team, and you get that tag on you. But right now, you're first-place team. And, and on top of that, I wonder at one point, at what point, this is for you to be concerned about, but also other teams, is how do they – adapt to city it's you're, you're kind of changing the narrative here it was how does city figure out mls well maybe this is the new kid on the block that other teams have to start to figure out and and your your style is pretty well established at this point after four games yeah i think you know first of all i think you know we need to keep our our feet on the ground uh we need to be focused on the next games 
uh, we, t- we need to be humble. You know, yes, great start. I take nothing away from anybody here. Uh, that's, that's unbelievable, unexpected, even a little bit sensational. But, uh, you know, again, uh, four games, uh, a season is 34 games, so I, I'm pretty much a perfectionist there, and I don't really, I, I know I'm too long in the game uh, to care too much about that right now. I think we need to look into the future and really take it game to game. But you're definitely right that, uh, I mean, our style causes some issues uh, for the other teams. We saw it now already in preseason, but also in the first four competitive games. And uh, soon we, you know, like having that good start, of course, uh, the downside is that we not only we won't be the underdog anymore. They see us more now as a, a team they want to beat. And uh, they're trying to hunt us, which, which is fine. I think for us, to be honest, uh, Tommy, makes no difference because uh, we're playing after our principles, we're playing after our style. So it doesn't matter if teams underestimate you or overestimate you. We still will do what we're doing. And that is the way we play. And uh, you saw that yesterday again. We got our first clean sheet, which was important. We had to cover Tim Parker, which is a very, very important play in our setup. We throw in Lucas Bartlett, which we signed a few weeks ago, after he had a good trial here, and he comes in and he plays a really, really good game. And every player who comes from the bench, he gives 100%. The players who are coming on doing just as well as the players who were on. So I talk a lot about the unit, about the team. That is what I think you could feel from the stands yesterday, that there is not 11 on the players, players on the field, 11 friends on the field who do well. There is 16, 20, 23 players in the squad who work together for one big goal. And that is doing well for the city of St. Louis, doing well for our ownership, doing well for our fans. This is what we want to do, you know. And uh, it worked well yesterday, and uh, I was really impressed with our, with our game yesterday. That's very well said, and uh, what a moment, a clean sheet, and what a great outlook there as you do have a match coming up. How close is Tim Parker? Is, what's the status on him? You know, I mean, he, he was he was tight, and uh, it's, it's it's nothing where we we have to worry too much. Uh, so uh, you know, we have a look at it this week, uh, and uh, hopefully he will be he will be ready for the next game. But again, you know, we shouldn't. Uh, that's something. If it takes longer, it takes longer. If he's fit next week, he's fit. We just have to have to look into the medical department there and and, and let them do their job. And if he misses the game, we have we have we have players who can fill in for him. And that's what we're having in all positions. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, though, he will be back next week. Next up, you have Real Salt Lake, America First Field in Salt Lake City as City goes back on the road on Saturday with a record of 4-0, 12 points. What a story this has become. Lutz Steel, Sporting Director for City, thank you so much. We love these visits on KMOX. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Great. Yes, sir. Great to have you. That's fun. It is. We're we're all feeling it down here in Florida. I assure you that. Uh, The man who runs the baseball operations side of things with the St. Louis Cardinals is John Mosellock. We're going to visit with him outside the Cardinals clubhouse up next, and then you will hear from Cardinals manager Ali Marmel as he visits with reporters here in Jupiter prior to the game as the Cardinals play the Mets. Our broadcast begins at noon with a 12-10 first pitch from Clover Park in Port St. Louis. 
Tuscaloosa, Florida. I'm Tom Ackerman in Jupiter. Sports on a Sunday morning continues. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. News right after this. Welcome back to the Graybar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back. Sports on a Sunday morning continues. A visit with, oh, this is great. We get to do this in person. We do it on the phone every Sunday at 1130. He's always generous with his time. The president of baseball operations, John Mosellock, is with us. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, happy to be here, Tommy. But remember, pre-pandemic, we did a lot more in person. So um, I think we sort of all evolved from the post-pandemic on how we do interviews and so forth. But yeah, it's great. We have a beautiful morning here on a Sunday and uh, looking forward to a nice day of baseball. It's great to be with you. The Cardinals are in Port St. Lucie today, taking on the Mets. Let's start with yesterday. Matthew Libertor comes out, fires five innings. I know you've had some high hopes with him. That's about as good as we've seen. Yeah, he pitched really well yesterday, and it's great to see. Like, what you want to see guys doing right now is, is sort of beginning to sort of peak as they prepare for the season. So, you know, I think a lot of times we, we come down here, we watch games, and things don't go right. We hide behind, oh, they're just working on something. And, you know, it's nice to see guys actually have some success and, and, and do some things. And the one takeaway I have from this camp really has been when you, when you watch – so many of our younger players and how they're contributing it's been fun to watch and you know clearly our stars are at the wbc uh we're getting a few of them back as as teams are starting to to to, um bounce out of that tournament but i think reality is is like as a st louis cardinal fan or someone that works for the team we've gotten to see a lot of good young players play and and really keep it competitive and i was sort of joking with gary larock he's gonna have a lot of pressure now because triple a should be good yeah, Memphis is going to be good. Memphis will have a good rotation. Memphis is going to have a, a solid lineup. Uh, and really, you know, you can look at almost any position right now. I mean, is there one area of depth that you're most proud of right now? I, I, I guess I would start with catcher. You seem very deep at catcher to start. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, obviously when you go out and sign a Wilson Contreras, you you, you, you you didn't feel like you had the heir apparent coming for for that. But I will say what you're seeing from some of our younger catchers has been impressive in this camp, and, and that's certainly encouraging. I think, look, right now the biggest competition is what's going to happen with left-hand relief. Yeah. And you look at all these guys that are competing for, for these spots, and, you know, they're really throwing the ball well. And, and so that part of the depth is great. There's a lot of flexibility in this group, meaning um, some aren't on the roster, some have options. So that, that's good news for us. So when you just talk about, like, sort of bullpen relief, we have that. We're going to have starting pitching depth, I think, uh, just based on where we are today. Now, things change. People get hurt. But, you know, that part's pretty exciting, too. And I think, you know, there's obviously a lot of competition going on right now in that outfield. And so, um, obviously, Jordan Walker's name is always going to be talked about between now and the time we open. But, you know, when you watch what he's been able to do in this camp, it's, it's been eye-opening. Yeah, I've heard you being asked that many times. I've brought it up many times. And the fact of the matter is it's still March 19th. There is still some time to watch everything. And you have a couple of outfielders who haven't even – been able to play in the Grapefruit League for a while. Yeah, I think that that's probably the toughest part when you're really trying to say apples to apples. I mean, obviously, you look at what uh, Lars Newbar did. He obviously had a lot of success for for the Japanese team. Um, you think about Tyler O'Neill, and he, and he played really well for uh, Team Canada. And, you know, unfortunately, he was a little under the weather the last couple of days, so trying to get him back into the lineup has, has been a little bit of a struggle. So, I think when you look at sort of where we are today, as you point out, we're at March 19th, but, you know, opening day is coming, and it's coming quick. And you think about where we are exactly one week from today, we're 30 minutes away from a first pitch down in against Washington. We have 11 o'clock start that day. And so that's a little bit unique in, in that regard. And so there are going to be some, some real decisions that have to be made in, in, in the next seven days. Weighing all of that, there are so many different factors, aren't there? One of them, experience with your club and familiarity. If you know a pitcher, how much does that factor in to an ultimate decision? You know, I do think if, if, you're, if you're referring more to, to the catching role, if you will, um, I do think that has some value. I mean, like someone that understands sort of the ebb and flow of, of what's entailed during the day, understanding how pitchers work, how they prepare, how they time things is important. So, um, you know, I, I do think that that has some value. You know, ultimately, I don't think we're going to be at a crossroads where that's a like a massive decision at that moment in time. The good news is, is, is really to echo what you said, is there is some depth there. And so, you know, as, as we get into the season, as the season unfolds, you know, we certainly will be looking at how people are producing, how what type of production are we getting out of individuals, and then determine if we do have to make some changes. Mason Wynn is an exceptional talent, and you've told us that. We've heard that many times. Now we get to see him, and, and here's the perfect example of somebody that has had some time to show what he's going to be and actually what he is right now. Clearly a beneficiary of, of Tommy Edmond being playing for, for Korea, having uh, Paul Goldschmidt slowed by a, a lower back tightness. And so what's he doing with it? He's making the most of it. And, and you know, I think that's great. Yeah, you know, I'd, had you and I been talking, like, where would he have been penciled in uh, prior to camp? I, you know, it may have looked one way, and now it's looking a different. So I'm encouraged that these guys are taking advantage of it. And, you know, I think the, the greatest part of these types of camps, which, you know, are unique, and you, you try not to get frustrated because of the WBC and you don't have your team. So when you look at it from the ga- glass is half full perspective, 
it, these younger players have gotten to really take a, a chance to step up where their career is at and, and change their career arc a little bit because of this opportunity. Tonight, Adam Wainwright will start against Cuba. What do you look for when you see 50 getting out there on the mound for Team USA? Well, of course, I wish him nothing but success as well as uh, Team USA. I think like what you're hoping to see is you know he's able to, to command the strike zone. Um, obviously, as long as he has the ability to spin it, He's usually can survive and have success, but um, you know I think the key is for him to, to be able to get that pitch count up a little bit, because selfishly I'm starting to think of like where are we going to be in 10 to 12 days, and and will he be ready to to go out and throw you know 80 or 90 pitches when when he's putting the birds on the bat back on on, on his uh, shoulder. So um, you know I think it's what I would hope to see out of this game is both. He and, and Miles get to, to ramp up their, their pitch count, and uh, ultimately uh, one of them gets the win. Now, Miles hasn't pitched a whole lot. I don't know what to make of that, really. Well, they're, they're not playing a ton, right? And I think, you know, when you're trying to get guys to commit to this, you're, you're giving them commitments of, hey, we'll, we'll use you. And I would imagine managing that is roster is sort of a, a challenge in that regard. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope he can get some some – you know, innings, mostly importantly, like fire, fire uh, following his pitch count, get that up today. So when you ask me what I hope for, I, that's what I hope out of both of them tonight. Uh, the lefties, Montgomery and Mats, great to see them continuing to go. And, and, you know, I've talked about Jack with you. I still feel the same way through three starts from what I can tell physically and mentally. He seems like he's in a very good place. How, how do you see him? Yeah, I would, I would echo that. I, I think, uh, you know, he is still working through a few things. Um, but, you know, he has been able to land that slider when he needs to, and I think that's been sort of the difference maker between maybe the past couple years. And the fact that he, he feels healthy, he's, he's, he's got a very good routine. And from that standpoint, you know, I still believe, you know, sky's the limit for this young man. So, you know, if, if he can, you know, stay healthy, be able to, to land that slider when he needs to, spot the fastball when he needs to, he's going to have success. One other area would be DH and kind of, you know, a utility role, trying to make a decision on that. And, gosh, Taylor Motter had such a good day yesterday. I just don't – I don't know. I don't know what, what the end will be there for him because I see Burleson, I see Yepes, I, I see Gorman. I mean, you've got some depth. Yeah, I think that maybe the easiest way to, to sum it up for our listeners right now is, is there, there are a lot of moving parts where I could imagine a lot of different outcomes. And, and so, you know, a lot of this is going to be predicated on what we end up doing with the outfield. And, and then, you know, there's that sort of trickle-down effect, if you will, or downstream effect on, on who that may affect. So the good news is with this whole group, they're playing pretty well. Um, so that's encouraging. Um, I think the group gives us flexibility. So as, as you've heard me say before, it's not what you look like on, on March 28th. It's really how you finish. So... You know, ultimately, I think we'll, we'll approach the roster that, that allows us to, to uh, you know, keep as many players as possible without having to do any outrights or anything like that and give us the most flexibility moving forward. Last thing, I, I get to ask this a lot, so I wanted to bring it back to you, and that is the new rules, pitch timer, defensive shifts, uh, bigger bases, just overall now that you've seen a lot of it, what do you think? Well, I think... You know, speaking with my fan hat, I love it. Um, I think pace of play has been great. I think the way things have been moving have been fun. And, and 
you know, I don't hear any complaints in the clubhouse either. So net-net, I think it's a great thing. I think, you know, when lights go on, when things count, I hope we still get the same type of uh, return. Appreciate your time very much. All right, thanks, Tommy. John Mosellock, sports on a Sunday morning outside the Cardinals clubhouse. We'll take a break. Cardinals are coming up at the top of the hour in Port St. Lucie against the Mets. Back after this. Welcome back, sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Before we take you to Cardinal baseball, let's hear from Cardinals manager Ali Marmol just a little while ago visiting with reporters. First note out of the gate, the status of Paul DeYoung, who is dealing with lower back tightness but is starting to move around, take some swings in the cages, and it should be pretty close to returning. Here's Marmol. And uh, I'll get some feedback as to how that all played out. But our hope is he's in there playing defense and hitting in a couple days. Not to be not to be a cynic, but yeah. the first was a few days now, it's a couple days. I mean is this taking long is this taking longer than you initially hoped or is this Um no initially they told us every bit of five before they even starts doing that. So yeah. Um, on schedule to some degree. I mean my hope would have been like perfect world, he's in there tomorrow type thing. But if it's Tuesday, it's Tuesday, you know, whatever it looks like. Yeah. This is the first time Lauder has played shortstop yeah. this camp, right? First time this camp he's played short. He's played it in the past with other organizations, but uh, I want to take a look at what that looks like in game. Kind of an important start for Dakota today. Just have to put too much weight on one, but... No, it's, you never want to put too much weight on just one, but it's... Um, his ability, we, we talked about it before, his ability to not gain in an area and lose in another, but like continue to put his full game together where he's pounding the zone with multiple pitches and um, staying out of deep counts and that type of thing. Um, I don't want the strategy to be relying on a ground ball to play. You know? How do you, I guess, weigh the fact that he does have that ability to get that ground ball fairly consistently? Yeah, it's just probability right sometimes you're going to be behind it and sometimes you're not as far as position um, where you can turn the play and then if you're not then it's runners on first and third nobody out so yes it's good to have that ability to be on the ground as often as he's on the ground and get that ground ball to play but it's also I don't think a sustainable strategy he great out Alex uh, early's defense at first yeah I, I, yeah that? I think he's playable there um, I wouldn't have any issues with having running him at first and letting him do his thing in a pinch or giving a guy a day off. Or um, I think he's actually done a pretty good job over that. His ability to handle multiple spots, I mean, it's, it's a must for a guy in this spot. It, it is, and he's done a nice job of it. Um, he works at it, and I'm totally comfortable with him being able to do that. Could you speak to Gorman in that respect, how he's been able to be defensively both at second and now at third? He's looked really good at third. Um, He's played a really nice third base. Obviously, that's natural position where we moved him to second, and he's done a nice job at second. He turns a really good double play. Um, But at third, there's some just the overall first step and instincts and angles he takes have, have been pretty impressive. Yeah. Your observation of Pereira so far. I mean, obviously, of who? Um, Pereira. Um, I know you got him and Kiz in the lineup today. Um, obviously, you had a lot of experience with Kiz, but just Pereira so far. He's done a really nice job. He's competed well. 
he's a quiet kid who just does his job and uh, he has shown extremely well defensively he's done a nice job um, which is calling a game he's done well and then uh, offensively he's put together some really good advance uh, just some of the small things like yesterday that pop up and standing on second like just the little things of not um, giving anything away but uh, he's done a really nice job for us this camp Kisner's offense a concern this spring? It hasn't been great, um, and it's something he's working at, but um, ideally we would be a little further along in just his how he feels from a timing standpoint um, and overall swing standpoint. It's not a lack of effort. Um, I mean, he's in there every morning giving it, <laughs> giving it a go, and uh, that's why we're trying to get him in the DH and then catching and just a little bit more opportunities to get in sync um it's helped Contreras have back-to-back-to-back days to just get the timing of everything and our hope is that he's kind of in between right now and he can get his timing as well even all of Kistner's hits four or five are all been singles too that's just a little bit worrisome isn't it kind of a more extra base pop than that you don't like his ability to steal base I haven't seen him on Me either. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch is all about home runs now. Yeah. He's, really, he's really come around. You're off of the singles now, huh? He's really doubles and homers. Stuff. Well, singles are good as long as you can parlay them into doubles with, with some speed at first base. Well, that's what I was saying. You don't think he could steal a base? I, I, he could. <laughs> but again, a single is only good if, if you get them maybe 10 out of 30, not 5 out of 30. That's good math. I agree. Yes. I definitely agree with that. Well, the skipper from Landon Bunner with her down a run the other night. That was not a good play. You don't bunt on the road down a run. But he bunted and also spurred a rally to help him get a win. I know that. And where were you? That was last week. The next day. The next day. We communicated about that one. I was waiting. Oh, we did, yeah. You sent him a Twitter DM? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, hey, non-today question. Okay. When you guys went to talk to Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, how much did you, and maybe this is not true, but is there something added quality of bringing in a guy who knows and has felt what it takes to win a championship? Obviously, you guys have guys who know that too, but when you add a player who... I think it helps. That? Yeah. Do you see that in him? Is yes. there a way to, what do you, what A combination of like, you know what it, two things come out. You know what it feels like and the preparation it takes and dedication and the motions that it takes to get there. And then once you've tasted it, there's this hunger to, I, I want that again. And that was very clear in how he articulated wanting to be here. He said, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to have a chance to do that and I want to do it there. I've tasted it once, and I want it again. Um, so, yeah, that plays into his hunger for getting there again. Definitely plays into it. Yeah. And you guys have guys who are, have been a part of that, this uniform, who are now retired. Adam has known it. I mean, Albert has yeah. wooden off. Yeah. It's important to have guys around who can explain to guys what that's like. Yeah. And, Correct. Uh, it, it is important, and we've had that for a while. Yeah. And our hope is at the end of this year, there'll be a full clubhouse I can speak to for a lot more years to go. So, yeah, it, I think it's a good thing when you can sit in that clubhouse and you're setting the expectation of 
of what the team is capable of doing and what's possible, and then guys speak to what that's like. Um, there's an advantage there. Yeah. Looking forward to a couple of days when some big names will be walking back through that door again. Yeah. Um, they're having a really good experience, and our hope is that they continue to do that, stay healthy, and then uh, it'll be good to see them walk back in here and start competing together and uh, headed towards what we want. But, yeah, we look forward to that. Do they know they're playing both ends of that day-night doubleheader? I've let them know already, yeah. <laughs> Fun exchange there between the Hall of Famer Rick Hummel and manager Ali Marmel in today's media briefing before the Cardinals take on the Mets. They are coming up next, the Cardinals and the Mets from Port St. Lucie, Florida, Clover Park. We'll have the broadcast for you on the way at noon with a 12-10 first pitch. I'm Tom Ackerman here in Jupiter. Thanks to all of our guests today, John Mosellock, Lutz Fan and Steel, Chris Jericho, Matt Zimmerman, Derek Gould. Our producer is Drew Young, and we are joining you from Jupiter, Florida, once again, starting tomorrow morning on Total Information AM. If you want to listen to this entire podcast, Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX, just go to KMOX.com. It'll all be there for you. Thanks for joining us, Cardinal Baseball is next on KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 